Hello and welcome to today's Pina Wisdom Stories, where we get to listen in on the wisdom that can only be earned by professional permaculturists with 20 plus years of experience working within the permaculture framework. Pina Wisdom Stories gives us all a chance to hear from Pina diplomates, board members, and other pioneers from the early days of permaculture's development. We seek to make the connection between the elders in our field of study and permaculture enthusiasts everywhere on earth. I am Jesse and I'm hosting today's conversation, which should last about 90 minutes. Please leave any comments in the live chat for today's guest and we can make interaction happen. Always makes conversations better, especially with today's guest, Larry Santoyo. We are honored to be speaking with Larry today. Let me read a little bit of your bio, Larry, and you can correct me if I have anything sure, go wrong. Ahead. Larry Santoyo has been a teacher and practitioner of permaculture design for the last 30 years. After a career in law enforcement, Santoyo went on, won on, went on to land use planning and was mentored by permaculture's founding father, Bill Mollison. Santoyo went on to teach permaculture with Mollison around the United States and Australia. He has taught environmental design at colleges and universities nationwide, including UC Berkeley, UC Santa Cruz, Evergreen College, CSU Northridge, and Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. He is also the senior designer at Earthflow Designs. The firm specializes in planning and design that in integrate sustainable principles and biophilia into retreats, resorts, and spas. And a great Larry quote to start everything off with is, blame no one, expect nothing, get out there and do epic shit. Welcome, Larry. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. I'm yeah. glad to be here. Glad, glad to, to have see you. Great to see you too, my friend. Larry and I go back to 2011 when I took my PDC, my permaculture design course with Larry and the great Keith Santoyo in Detroit, Michigan. It was an epic course, changed the course of my life completely. And I still remember many of the things that you taught me, Larry, many of the little pithy statements that just stick with you. You're a fantastic teacher and we hope- I'm to glad you remember them. Sometimes I forget <laughs> them. <laughs> well, that's okay. We'll see what comes up today as you get to present. Yeah, more. I've got a little section here that you can help me fill in the blanks too. That sounds good. Where are you coming from in the world and what is the weather like real quick? I am in Los Angeles, California, where we've got a high of 72 and a low of 72. <laughs> sounds uh, moderate. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, it's been it's been getting hot, but um, fire season is you know underway. Yeah, we've been. I'm here in Michigan, and we've been besieged by the forest fire, sort of smog all summer oh, long. Wow. Just like, yeah. You just wake up, and it's a really really hazy day, and it's hard to breathe. So you know, yeah. fun stuff. I mean, it's just been dry for so many years, and you know, a year of rain just kind of fueled the fires this year. You know, like everything's bigger and taller to burn. Yeah, it's just heartbreaking what's happening in Maui. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's really unbelievable. And there's not much we can do. But permaculture is about the greatest sort of response, in my opinion, in my experience is just to learn it, apply it where you're at and hope to God nothing like that happens to you. And then maybe we can talk a little bit about your work in refugee situations, which is a little sure, apropos. Sure. Um, but we can do that later. Why don't you jump in? Because I want to give you the floor and you have a great presentation, I think tentatively called, or maybe you have a different name, but a reintroduction to permaculture. Is that that's correct? It. That's it. Yeah. I think that that's a good place to start. Definitely. A lot of us have uh, that been involved with permaculture design. You know, it's, it's good to get together once in a while and seeing friends and old friends and certainly listening to new, new students. It's always, it's always interesting to see uh, kind of the impressions that permaculture has and the permaculture has left and, you know, some of the promises of permaculture, some of the broken promises of permaculture. So um, 
first I want to start out um, in all seriousness, you know, like a shout out to the early humans, um, people that, you know, took a bullet for us or a stick or a sharp stick in the eye, uh, figuring out what was edible. You know, it's like the, the idea here is that there's a lot that we know and we have a long line of understanding and intelligence and goodwill, uh, you know, as as human beings, it's in our DNA. You know, we have a a, a thread to infinity. You know, it's it, it's it's in our bones. Uh, the other the other thing that I think is important, and I, I have a growing concern about uh, uh, respect for the indigenous origins of a regenerative culture. It seems like every generation, you know, throws a hero up the flagpole, but we, we, I don't want to forget that there's indigenous origins and people that are still living today in community that have never left those ways. You know, we talk about how people do this and the world does that, but there's, there's a lot of people on the planet that are still living in a way that it is respectful of the, of the earth and of their community. And uh, there's, there's a huge overlap of today's understanding of that. So I just wanted to make sure that we acknowledge that. And, you know, I worked with Bill Molson for a number of years and I never heard him tell a story without talking about uh, some other side story about, you know, some Aboriginal understanding that he learned or was was privy to or observed. You know, I think that that, that to lose that perspective is, is a great loss. So I just want to remind people to kind of bring it in and and it's it's meaningful. Yeah. So along along that line, um, I started teaching permaculture in 1989. And I was lucky enough to work with an individual, Simon Henderson. A lot of people know him from way back in the day. He was a great guy. He was super colorful. Um, he passed away a number of years ago, but I taught, you know, probably a, a half a dozen courses with, with Simon. And we did a, a lot of stuff around and traveled around a, quite a bit. And, you know, he was, he was one of my good, good friends. Uh, he had a tattooed face, for God's sakes. I, I just loved him. Uh, <laughs> and he was super knowledgeable and he just like super creative. Where was he from, creative. right? He, he was from uh, Eastern Washington. Okay. You know, like he grew up there out in the Scablands of, you know, the Basaltic Plain. Um, but, you know, he traveled the world. He, he lived in, in Bali and Tahiti. Uh, he was in, you know, Salvador Dali's autobiography, you know, he, he was wow. super, super creative guy. Just couldn't, you know, he just, you know, couldn't, you know, pass a clean piss test and reading for a liver. So, <laughs> you know, it's like there's the issues and it's stressful. It is. So anyway, so I love Simon. And of course, Toby Hemingway uh, yes. was a great loss to the movement. Um, yes. You know, Toby was the closest thing I had to a best friend. You know, we worked together for 20 years. We traveled around. Uh, we argued a lot. We did, you know, some crazy shit, um, took some crazy stuff. But I just, there's, there's something about uh, the way that Toby 
was so practical and pragmatic about the crazy shit that we were doing. So I was just, and uh, just last year, my other dear friend, uh, Scott Pittman, uh, passed away. And Scott and I worked on a, a number of things, a number of projects all over. Um, he, he's, he, he, he helped me get started, actually. He, he's the one that got me uh, with Bill Mollison. Wow. Uh, I taught with Scott for numbers of years and dozens and dozens of courses all over. Uh, the Llama Foundation, Hawaii, and, you know, all, all, all incredible stuff. He's an incredible builder and a, a really all-around deep thinker. Uh, and it run a kind of the original uh, 60s, um, you know, civil rights kind of guy, you know, like took a beating from people for protecting others and went to jail and, you know, just like a rabble rouser. And he was he was brilliant and a great, great designer. Um, so I, I miss him dearly. And of course, Bill Mollison passed. And, you know, this is a, a photo of us uh, that, that's in his autobiography, actually. Um, so it was it was pretty fun traveling with him, working with him. I mean, I, you know, it was it was OK. I mean, I, it's not like a, like he asked me a bunch of stuff, just, you know, like I carried his fucking bags and got him water and, you know, that kind of stuff. But just to hang out with him while he was working and consulting and just the way that he could read patterns, just it was amazing. It was amazing. And just his interaction with people, which just kind of kind of got me going and got me, uh, you know, confident enough. And he was really encouraging that way. How old were you around that around about this photo here? I think I must have been just early thirties, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of, yeah. Beginning, beginning my path uh, 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 in permaculture design. I had, um, I, I had taken a, a few courses and, you know, became friends with, with Bill. And, uh, and I think this photo, we we're actually working on a film. Yeah, maybe global, maybe one of the global the gardener stuff? global gardener films. Yeah, oh yeah. cool, cool. So I think that that, that was a was that all but, filmed in Australia then? No, the the global gardener was was kind of the the response to uh, another film that was made uh, by a different crew uh, on the grave danger of falling food, which is a classic, really good, excellent yeah. title by the way. Yes, you know, <laughs> just like super good. Yeah. Um, but because the response was was so good that they had, you know, they 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 did those films. Um, but, you know, Bill was asked to do uh, the Global Gardener as part of a series of, you know, th you know, thinkers around the world or something like that. And they 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 pigeonholed him on food. So it kind of was one of the things that got, you know, permaculture pigeonholed that way but but it was a good one it was good it was it was pretty awesome traveling around and you know got to travel the world and you yeah. know hang out with you know a narcissistic alcoholic so <laughs> um it, anyway i might uh, say other than yourself yeah right exactly <laughs> it's like and that's my job you know it's like i that's just but the thing that bill used to do was you know he, he would always seize the opportunity to make fun of you know, like woo woo and, you know, like super like technically and tragically spiritual people kind of almost lost in their way, really. But he would go out of his way. But he would he was really 
he was out there, you know, he was a deep spiritual kind of guy that I don't think really, really, you know, people really truly understood that. We talked about a lot of things, including death and dying, mm. you know, and, you know, we reassemble from a system that exists, you know, that he was just cl clear and, mm. and we'll do it forever, you know, which is basically, you know, follow the energy trail and flow through energy and you know, <laughs> that kind of deal. All but is anyway, one. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So that said, of course, the genius of it all, and I think the, the real saving grace is the ethics, right? There's a lot of people that, that do uh, uh, projects and complete projects and have, you know, incredible food forests, incredible, you know, technically it's beautiful, but it's not for everyone, you know, it, it's exclusive or it is presumptuous or it is, you know, it's missing something, right? And Bill made clear that it, it, this, it informs our practice, these ethics, you know, and it is to care for the earth and to conserve the, and repair the resources of the earth and to seek peace. That is brilliant. That is beautiful. And that in a nutshell, you know, it, it's kind of redundant, of course, right? Multiple uh, elements for single function, care for the earth. So then, of course, we'll care for people. They're part of the earth. And then it's to invest all, all capital, intelligence, goodwill, and labor, right? That's the third ethic, right? That This is straight from the Book of Mollison, okay? This is, this is, these are the ethics. It's not watered down, fair, share, care, whatever, dare, stare, whatever the fuck, right? This is straight from the Book of Mollison, and it's brilliant. You know, it's like the redundant thing. If you're caring for the earth, you are caring for people. And if you're doing that, then you were doing that, like with all of your, all of ours, all of our being, right? It's like, uh, it's just more and more redundant, like backup systems and, you know, multiple elements for single functions, right? And, you know, it's like plan B in permaculture is the successful execution of plan A, right? So, <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, you can't lose if you have a society doing that in large part. You just can't. Yeah, well, it's easy to pick up the pieces, right? It's easy to see the weakest link. It's easy to 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 address and go there. You know, it, it it's immediately identifiable. Mm. Right. So let, let's. So the other the other big thing is it's you don't do permaculture. It's just the wrong use of the term. Right, it, it, you, what you use permaculture in what you do, okay? It's like you don't architecture a house; you use architecture, okay? So, it's it's crazy to think about how you know the kinds of things that people come up with as a definition of permaculture. I mean, even you know the old school definitions and the new school definitions, and you just ask people on the streets and. You know, you ask students and it's just crazy. It's just like knuckleheadedness. It's like, you know, no wonder everybody thinks we're knuckleheads. It's because we're mostly knuckleheads. I mean, it's just like the most bizarre, weirdest shit that you ever hear. And it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really instill confidence, a lot of these answers, you know. Yeah. So, you know, whenever anybody asks me what permaculture is or 
introduces me that I'm a, I do permaculture or something like that. It's like, I just immediately change the subject. <laughs> so it's like, let's, let's talk about the, uh, some real issues. Let's ask the right questions here. Okay. Right. So this is an exercise that we do in every course in every design course. Okay. That what does it take, right? To create our sustainable human settlement go, let's start a new country up. Okay, right. what do we need? We need okay, people yeah. inevitably say food, water, shelter, you know, energy. Uh, the, the you know, how is this going to work with each other? You know, why we might need some security. You know, we start throwing out all these different things, right? Until we populate it and start repeating ourselves. But we basically have these categories of all these things that set human settlement requires. Right. And of course, we could fuck this up. Right. We could do we we have a food system. It's just like this monocrop extractive process. That's the problem with it. Right. So if if this is what human settlement is. Right. This is what it takes. This wheel. Right. You go around the wheel. I call it the wheel of everything because it's the wheel of everything. Right? <laughs> So we go around here and we look at what it, what it takes to create a sustainable human settlement. We'll just throw in sustainable in there, you know, so we'll start filtering these things now. Okay, so permaculture works towards a permanence of culture, okay? It's not permanent agriculture. Permaculture doesn't have anything to do with growing food, okay? It's not a gardening system, right? Permaculture is a design protocols for decision-making and problem-solving. Okay, that's it, period. You can throw away all, every uh, everybody else's definition. Okay, and we could end this show right here, right now, if you want thanks to. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, mic drop here. Okay, <laughs> it's like these protocols for decision-making and problem-solving, that solves a lot right there okay, are based on the patterns of nature and the convictions of a conserver society, okay? So that conserver society then is becomes the question, right? And now, oh, okay, we can use permaculture design for every need that human settlement requires. And we already established what those needs were, okay? So what is permaculture? Okay, if somebody asks you that, draw them this. Okay, this is permaculture, right? It's not just growing food. It's not just building out of mud or tofu containers or whatever the fuck, right? It is everything connected that it takes to create our sustainable future, right? So where is food, by the way? Oh, it's one of these things. Where is shelter? Oh, it's one of these things that connect this whole thing, including the softer skills, right? Uh, of, of arts and commerce and education and transfer of knowledge, right? All of these things are required, right? We need these things to happen in order to have our sustainable community. We said right there, right? We already, we already discussed this, right? So that gets us to the principles of design, okay? And uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. A lot of people talk about principles of design and David Holgram, you know, uh, uh, Bill Molson's co-conspirator uh, has a website, uh, 
permacultureprinciples.com, I think. Right? It's great. It, it used to be cool where you could, you know, uh, add examples of each of these things, which I loved. You know, that is just so thought provoking. Of course, people don't, you know, they just talk about it, but they don't really do it. But it's it's something else now. But he's got, you know, like 20, 20 or 30 principles. And, you know, uh, uh, my, my other uh, buddy, cohort, um, Delvin, I think he's got like 150 or 250 principles. Okay. But these are the principles, okay? This is it synthesized. Everything stacks, everything shuffles, everything chunks into these categories, right? And they are derived directly from the commonalities in nature, right? In the vastness, right? In the richness of, of biodiversity, right? All the different ecosystems out there and the way that, you know, the mitochondria solved each issue of each environment or sector, Right? There's so many differences, but the beauty is that there's commonalities in every single ecosystem on the planet, from the poles to the equator. Any place you go, these principles, these indicators of sustainability will always be present. Right? There's a natural succession modeling, right? First things first. You know, this has to happen before this happens. If you go too far ahead, then you missed a couple steps and you'll either be weak or whatever it is, right? Natural succession modeling. A tree needs a fallen forest to decompose for it to be strong and healthy. You can't eliminate the, the natural succession in, in, in involved with that. So you go down this list, right? There's stacking and biolo using biological solutions and relative location. These are all things found in every single ecosystem, okay? So these are the things that everybody needs to default to. These are the most important things. These are become our filters. These become our protocols. These become everything in terms of decision-making and problem-solving, okay? You see how this is we're, we're, now? It's like you need to memorize this. You need to default to this. It needs to be a tattoo, okay, that you can, on other people, so you can read it and remind yourself, okay? So... It's like, it'd be, you know, baby's first tattoo. That <laughs> would be awesome. It's not or a cult, like, but we want no, a tattoo. No, but it, would, but it would be really cool. But we are putting the X back into permaculture. <laughs> nice. You know I mean? the, uh, but the, the idea then is that these are the principles of design. These are the, 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 the commonalities found in all of nature. People tell me they're they're writing a kid's book about permaculture. And I look at it and it's beautiful. I can't wait to read it. And I see it, then it's, you know, the parts of a flower, the stream side, and the little bunny and all this other bullshit. But it's like I want stories created about these natural processes. Right? That's that is the future of 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 design. That's the safety net. That is this is this understanding and us defaulting to this understanding, which is deep in our bones, okay, that, that is, is so imperative. Okay, so we've got this list, okay? So this becomes our filter. This we carry wherever we go, these things, and we default to them, the understanding of these things, right? And that's what the class is about, right? The, so you go back to the human settlement thing, right? So now what? Okay. We're, do, we're talking about permaculture and stuff. Okay, so now we take those protocols 
and we go to food and we go to water and we go to shelter and we we look at those things and we say how does this water system that we're proposing for this community follow natural succession modeling what is the energy flow pattern is it you know are we using low technology biological solutions first are we placing it in the right location right all of these things become necessary as decision making filters for each and everything as we go around the wheel the wheel of everything populating that wheel with solutions right so decision making protocols there it, it, it's like it this this by the way is what the permaculture design course is right we introduce these concepts and then we just repeat ourselves like a person with a serious head injury you know uh, over and over again using different medium to apply them to that's the beauty of using permaculture design okay the only time you do permaculture design is in the class in the permaculture design course okay when you're learning these principles okay so that said so what happens to all these other cool things right multiple functions for single elements well that's a that's a principle that is that is a principle, right? Here's a, a one-man band, okay? It's not just, a, you know, a tree is also a house and a shade and a this and that. It's the beauty of this and the real test of a designer is to be able to extrapolate that information and process it enough to where you can come up with and, you know, exchange medium at, at, any, at any time, mm. right? that you have to be able to look at a natural example, right? Something found in nature and then use it for a social example or some domestic thing or some, you know, other, you know, current event thing because it's a universal pattern. That's what makes it beautiful. That's the brilliance of this, right? So you 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 have to think of things, you know, multiple functions for single elements. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be plants and animals, right? That's the, that's the idea. That's what a, a, a real designer does. Stacking in space and time. It says right there, right? <laughs> the classic thing is, you know, like, oh, a tree, and there you've got like all this understory, and you've got this stuff all in the same space. Well, it's like, okay, but what about time, right? How about, how about uh, a restaurant that is closed at night to, to serving guests, but opens up, up its commercial kitchen to somebody to make sauces and you know uh, spices and you know uses that stacks that action on that equipment right that stacking right that is using permaculture design to come up with a creative solution okay and we can go through all this relative location right so in nature you would find a willow next to the pond right because it's placed in relationship to other things in the system, not isolation of other elements of the system, right? Well, what about a bar and a restaurant, right? Access by proximity, you're having food, you're gonna wanna have a drink, you're having a drink, you're gonna wanna have food, that's relative location, right? What about a bar in a bar? You get that kind of fractal thing going, and now you're really talking about relative, my best, my favorite design, right? Like a Starbucks in a Starbucks or <laughs> a bar in a bar. Okay? That, now we're talking. 
biological solutions. Okay, this is a, kind of a no-brainer. You know, of course, nature uses biological solutions. You know, the the, the idea of you know, exhausting biological solutions before we move on to technological solutions. That's what we have to keep in mind. You know, it, will this work without this technology, without this green technology, without this solar powered thing that's got an energy trail that is crazy long, right? Uh, uh, you know, can we design it with no moving parts first, then all the technology stuff is gravy. I'm not a against technology okay i'm not i'm not a luddite i've I, you know i've got a fucking new microphone i want an iphone 2000 i want you know it's like i understand it but i also know how to use a string and a can two cans too you know for communicating i know how to yell i know how to you know we can communicate other ways right with using biological solutions okay principles are also different than methodology sectors right which is the most important tool that we have by the way as a designer you understanding the inputs and outputs and the uh the uh, you know the analysis of, of a site it, it informs the approach the sectors you know kind of eliminates what cannot be right you've got this you know uh, let's say we're working on a, on a landscape design where you've got uh, out of the infinite silent universe, there's millions and millions of trees that we could use, except that sectors, right? The There's only this much daylight. There's only this much temperature swing. There's only, right? It narrows that palette down more and more and more, doesn't it, right? So you eliminate what cannot be based on the natural sectors, right? The inputs and outputs of the site, right? We're allowing nature to direct the land use plan instead of come up with some fucking genius thing that you don't really know what you're the fuck you're doing right it's like it's like nature is handing us the answers if we're if we know how to look and where to look zones right informs the activity it's just relative location all over again right these are methodologies these are not principles they're methodologies that we use right Sayings that go without sayings. Shoot the hostage. One of my favorite methodologies of design, right? It's like, right? It's like, what hostage crisis? You know? It's like, you just like take care of shit, okay? Just by either moving on or it's like, know when enough is enough. Stop making bad designs better, right? Just like, just, just forget it. You go on to something else. You know, we spent a billion NASA dollars on creating a, a pen that, you know, works in anti-gravity, you know, like it'll, it'll pump. It's got a little tiny micro pump, probably atomic powered pump to push the ink to the ball and the point. And, you know, all the other space programs just use the fucking pencil. <laughs> okay. This is another good saying and a good methodology is an approach to design, right? We create the conditions for what we want to happen, right? It's physics, right? We're not gardeners, we're soil managers, okay? We create the conditions for vegetables to happen by managing soil. Our activity, our inputs, is man our focus is on managing soil. And the vegetables are a byproduct of that activity. Right? We set it into motion. It's a, physic, it's a physics equation, 
right? If we do this with these soil biota, if we do this, then, uh, you know, the vegetables, healthy vegetables will be an inevitable byproduct. You, 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 you really have to, you can't really fuck that up, right? You just, it's like, if you're managing soil, it will result in healthier and healthier vegetables, right? We create the conditions for what we want to happen. And that's just, you know, across the board, that's something to take with us, right? What, 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 what can we do that will cause what we want to happen? That's design. That is really, now we can use a lot of, utilize a lot of different uh, methodologies and strategies, okay, which is super important, right? The problem is the solution. Right? That's not that's not a principle, that's attitude towards design, right? So to think about like where would we have to be? Who would we have to be? Where would have we have to be standing to think that snails is a great thing, right? When we're when we've got lettuce and flowers and stuff, it's not such a great thing. But if we were a duck farmer or raising ducks, we go, wow. Wonder where we could get a fucking thousand, you know, snails, right? So it's like the the problem is the solution, right? You just have to think about what if it's bad for this, you know, what is it good for, and what is causing it to be there, and we could work on that, right? Sort of a, a follow up to what we were just talking about, right? And another good one is nature starts small. Right. And then it's got it just, you know, it repeats its successes. Its solution multiplies. Right. Uh, uh, the, a million years later and a tree still has, you know, a thousand flowers. Right. It doesn't it didn't spend all this time perfecting one giant flower. Right. It's got all these flowers that repeats and duplicates and increases the edge and increases the chances for for progress and success. Right, its solution multiplies small uh, uh, successes, and along that same line, it takes a hundred people to support a hundred people. We go back to that the wheel of everything and talk about you know using it now as as a filter, as categories for employment, as the permaculture yellow pages, as the you know on and on and on and on, and it speaks to you know not trying to make you know five thousand people of your town you know, a, 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 a one working model, make, you know, 500,000 small working groups that'll be totally successful. And we arrive at solutions, right? We don't impose a solution, right? Just because cob or straw or, you know, save the swales or, you know, fucking obligatory herb spiral or whatever. It's like, you don't just impose that shit. You arrive at because you need it, right? You you need it because of X, Y, and Z. Those are just techniques and technologies that fit to something else, right? It fits with your assessment. You arrive at solutions. You don't impose a solution. You know, you don't need a straw bale house in Hawaii where, you know, it's high of 72 and low of 72, Right? You just you don't need super insulation, right? So it's an inappropriate, appropriate technology. Just it, but it's the sectors that dictate that. Where would you need that, right? If we were out in the desert, where it's really hot and really cold there, or if we're up north where it's really cold, 
right? We need super insulation. Then we could arrive at one of those things and maybe choose straw out of that selection, right? That we've narrowed it down to. We arrive at solutions. We don't impose solutions. And we kind of talked about this, you know, the apple is a byproduct of the tree, right? It's, we create by nature creates sustainability through the creation of byproducts. It doesn't use up its own resources. It creates something and offers something to the rest of the community, right? It's about creating byproducts, not buying products. Right? It's like the green capitalism bullshit. Okay, so speaking of which, uh, how are we doing, Jesse? Hey, man, we're doing great. Are you kidding yeah. me? We okay, got a bunch so. of comments. I've not shared them because I don't want to interrupt your throw, but we will, your flow, but we will okay. when we're done. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll be ready to do that. Uh, um, I, I wanted to show just uh, some of my work, you know, uh, and maybe yeah. talk a little bit about that, and then I, I could wrap this up here. So, uh, you know, in in 1989, uh, I started working with Bill Mollison, and in 90, uh, we opened up the first ecological land use planning firm in the American Planners Association uh, in Tucson, Arizona. Mm -hmm. I moved my family to Tucson, worked with some really fabulous designers down there, uh, incredible uh, um, a pattern literate uh, group of people down there uh, that I had the pleasure of working with. Uh, and, you know, we kind of kind of jumped into it, right? And, and quickly realized that, you know, although we wanted to be developers, right, we wanted to build eco-villages and, you know, save the swales and put, you know, put in, you know, herb spirals everywhere. And But, you know, we also realized that we needed an educational format to do that in, right? People really just didn't know that they needed our services or needed our how smart we were, you know. <laughs> so, so you know, the the design course has always been sort of an, an introduction to all of these things, right? Like I said, we go around the wheel. We do a cursory introduction to hopefully spark your interest and enthusiasm and passion about some of those things on the wheel, you know. And so we've done. I've been lucky enough to have design courses all over the world. Uh, here we are in Los Angeles, uh, where, where I'm based now. Um, it's a small coastal fishing village in Southern California, you might have heard of it. Um, yeah, um, and I, I've, I've taught with uh, Bill Mollison at his uh, farm in New South Wales, um, giant call like this, they're in the edge of this caldera, which is like a extinct volcano. It's, you know, like hundreds of miles long and wow. it's incredible. You know, been lucky enough to travel around France and do workshops and, you know, things there. So if I don't pick up, this is where I'm at. <laughs> um, and we talked about Haiti a little bit. Uh, you know, I've been to Haiti several times. Uh, interesting dynamics, especially now. I mean, it's just like, it was crazy then, and you know now they're asking for military assistance. Uh -huh. This is all gang controlled. You know, you want to see the future? Uh, go to Detroit and then go to Haiti. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know, been lucky enough and blessed enough to be able to work in Panama and Mexico and Belize, 
you know, some really beautiful places in the world and a lot of things, a lot of beautiful things getting done. Mm. And of course, of course, Detroit. Hey, that's me. That's you, my friend. <laughs> um, you know, one of the most uh, uh, successful and prolific industrial cities on the planet was just abandoned uh, and let people like us go in and maraud and steal shit everywhere. That was awesome. I can't wait to go back to Detroit. Yeah, we want to get you back. I'd, I'd love to set something up there. I'll hold you to it. Uh, I really do. I want. Yeah, I've got so many good ideas, and I've got a really good friend uh, that wandered into a design course uh, in LA, and um, she kind of took over. Uh, we're super creative. Her and her husband. And now they're now they're in Detroit. I want awesome. I want to hit them up. They're doing some awesome stuff there. So yeah, so now um, you know, in in Malibu, um, working for the the poor kids of Malibu, um, <laughs> building out this kind of uh, resort uh, uh, retreat center. Mm. Uh, there's equine therapy, and we're building some cabins and uh, putting in a pretty big garden and ho hopefully a big uh, food forest. A lot of restrictions in development in in coastal California, that's for sure. And of course, we've got classes, you know, that's kind of the big thing is that, that we, it, you know, the education kind of evolves and rolls into hands-on learning. Um, and, you know, I've been teaching courses, at least two or three courses a year for 30-something years, Man. you know, and there is just like, I mean, I've got classes all over, you know, New York City and L.A. and, you know, a lot up in Seattle and other in eastern Washington, too. A lot of students, you know, all over the world, that's for sure. Um, so it's kind of hard to put a couple of slides together. I literally have thousands of, of, of classes in our work. Yeah. And, of course, our epic um, talent show, <laughs> um, you know. It's been some crazy uh, talent show um, that Bill started. It's a genius. It's genius uh, at the end of the design course. Okay. So um, I wanted to show you a couple of the sketches that I've got. If yeah. Hey, a uh, quick question on the Permaculture Academy. You, yeah. So in the 90s is when you started the design firm in Tucson. And was yeah. that, did the Permaculture Academy originate in Tucson then? Uh, the Permaculture Academy started out as Great Northwest Permaculture. Uh, and it was the third 501c3 Permaculture Institute in the country. Oh, wow. Uh, and there was already Pina. Uh, which was actually incorporated in Winters, California, and quickly moved up to Seattle. And then uh, when Bill came, uh, we did, uh, him and Scott did the Drylands Institute. Right. Uh, and the American Permaculture Institute. And Bill was the vice president for a number of years. And then when Bill uh, stepped down, he, he asked me to take over. So, I was the vice president, which doesn't really mean anything. We didn't really do anything but fuck around. <laughs> um, but uh, so, but Pina was going strong and was kind of fizzling out already. Right. You know, like those early, early pioneers in Pina, um, you know, I 
I even forget there. There was Carl and Sherry. Jude Hobbs was part of that. Jude Hobbs was, yeah. Um, yeah, there was, the and Skeeter, um, Michael Polarski, who's still kicking around, which yeah. is good to see, you know. Totally good to see. Um, but anyway, yeah, so, 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 yeah, so the, some permutation or another, uh, we've, we've kind of been maintaining this, this thread here. Okay, awesome. So yeah. I, I just want to show you so, some sketches. Uh, there's just a few. Yeah, take your time. Uh, finally, finally, you know, a bit the bullet and learn to AutoCAD and SketchUp and, you know, it's it's kind of cool being able to, you know, get get you know some information that's available out there and be able to use it now. You know, like import GIS information. Uh, here we got a drone doing a, a survey for a site um, in uh, Chartree. So, and then here's kind of a kind of a design to to install an orchard of olives, kind of hmm. biblical. <laughs> oh, we may have lost Larry for a second. Larry did tell me that his oh his internet. Are you there? Oh yeah, we got you back, buddy. Keep okay, going. Good, good, awesome. So and then you know we do meticulous uh, survey and analysis of sites, and we come up with uh, a palette of plants uh, that that are meaningful and connected somehow to each client. Uh, here. We've got, um, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. So uh, again, just so, some sketches of some, you know, the ideas There's some earth bag lounge area, a tea house made of all recycled and repurposed uh, parts and pieces, uh, some earthen berm bungalows, um, A big plaza for event space, kind of modeled after Paradise, you know, garden. Mm. And, you know, food forest, terraced uh, hillside with even a swimming pond in one of the terraces. Oh, cool. Yeah, super nice. You know, I really are blessed and, and you know, super grateful of, you know, pretty much the patrons, you know, make or break you as a designer or as a builder, especially, mm. you know, the, the clients are, are really patrons to me. You know, it's like, this is my artwork. This is my creative outlet, this design stuff. And then building with natural materials is no easy task either, you know, and it's expensive and, you know, it, it's a blessing that people are willing to, to put that resources to use. Mm. You know, um, uh, I don't always design like super sexy stuff. I mean, here's some toilets. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow they're sexy, though. <laughs> so, yeah. So some of the work that we've done, you know, this is a, a we used to have a program where we would um, uh, we would uh, convert your lawn into a garden, a vegetable garden all in one day. So this is us like at ten in the morning, um, and by the by, the, we're just we're just cutting the trim because we're gonna sheet mulch it all, all and we're trying to c c curve the the edges so it slopes down to the sidewalk so the mulch doesn't hang over. So you should never see cardboard in in somebody's site. So 
you should be punished if your cardboard is showing. <laughs> if it's not beautiful, it's not permaculture. And this, you know, a lot of hard work goes into natural building. Mm. Lots and lots of labor. And lots of injuries, too. Mm. You know, these are plastered with natural colors and natural materials. Earth bed construction. Some terrace gardens that we're putting a cover on. Power tools. Uh, dry stack uh, native stone for terraces. Some more gardens that we've built. Some natural pools that we've installed. Beautiful. Wetlands for gray water and, you know, recirculation for the pools. And flow forms. So we've we've been lucky enough to have uh, you know the experience now of installing at least a two or three uh, flow forms, major flow forms. So hmm. beautiful, beautiful, uh, and functional. And we were big into lifting heavy things and setting them down. <laughs> this is all broken concrete and native stone. So terraces that were. You know, 80 steps tall. Oh, that's eight, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, eight stories tall. It's like a pyramid. <laughs> and just more broken concrete and lifting heavy things and carrying them across the landscape. This is a, um, my version of an herb spiral. You can run and jump on it and mm. it kind of cascades down and my kind of my signature move there it's woven into each other mm. you know, this is at a school and you know for the poor kids of malibu <laughs> this is all a leftover stone from job site this is up my house um up, up when i was up north and we we um we mortared the stone with manure Right and a little silt, and then I, I threw in handfuls of seed as we did it. So every time it rained, it would it would bloom something else. Hmm. It's like everything has a functional connection to the people that are using it. So that's what design is about. So we do fences and gates, and this is uh, actually we saw a, a shot of this uh, construction of this garden on a hillside in Beverly Hills. But the the gate, you know, we wanted I needed a gate at the bottom of the garden was an afterthought. But the 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 garden beds, you know, a gate needs to swing from the hinge. So the garden beds was on one side, and in the foreground we're bringing in a a, a stairway finally. So there wasn't going to be room to swing the door on the other side either. Mm. So I, I had been following this uh, this uh, industrial kind of interior designer, and he did the beautiful gate with a with a you know out of steel and fabric. It was just gorgeous. So this was my interpretation of, and solving the the no swing. Oh, thing. cool! It's like an origami gate. Wow, yeah. You can see it doesn't swing; it just does a quarter turn. You could look at that brace up at the top, and it just moves a quarter of a turn. Oh, yep, yep. That's it, dude. That's cool. So it's you know, design is about spatial relationships and planning. So 
And sometimes you need to think quick when you don't plan it correctly. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's wrap this up a little. We still have a few minutes? Yep, absolutely. Okay, cool. So, you know, all of that said, you know, the, the in the in the beginning of the permaculture design courses, I remember when Bill Mollison first started doing them, that every class that we had, he would spend like a whole day on on the title of the lecture was a terrible time of day even, right? And and it was just like this weirdest, you know, just kind of going over all the shitty stuff that was happening in the world and you know like the why we were compelled to do this work right and i just don't think it's necessary right it's like we don't need to discuss how fucked things are we need to discuss what some of the solutions are and you know the work that people have been doing for decades in in coming up with solutions and not just solutions but real preventative measures you know Mm -hmm. redesigning our, our whole sort of participation in the landscape. So it's like, you know, that's what we need. You know, it's like we need a level head and we need to think about the future. Um, but there is a cautionary tale, I suppose, mm-hmm. right? The myth of harmony, right? Everybody wants it like, oh, everything is so beautiful. It's beautiful unless like in this picture, you're the little bunny, right? <laughs> Those tracks are not from that, uh, you know, from that eagle, right? It's like the missing bunny, right? <laughs> I, I just, this is the best photo ever taken, by the way. Right? <laughs> so it's like beautiful blue eyes, but would you really go up and pet this thing? It's like, look at the teeth, you know, look at some of the uh, our evolution of harmony, right? Look at the, the snout, right? The, 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 the the our beak is is shaped to, to like select a artery when you bite like look at those canines right it's like and then forget about it it's like a, a you know like you could beat one of these things with a baseball bat and it, you know of course honey badgers don't care yeah and you know they're filthy vicious creatures as well right but look at this this is like this beautiful you know, like undulating, you could just like see these things, you know, like this come hither thing, right? And then, of course, it's like this come hither thing. And then, um, you know, it's like, just grabs just like this crabs, just like living his life. And then all of a sudden, he's becoming somebody else's life, right? It's like this come hither thing. Or look at this, like, I don't know if they're called canines on a cat like this. This cat weighs almost 200 pounds. His paws are as big as your hand, right? And it's a jaw, right? It could crush your skull, right? And drag, it could drag a 150-pound person for 100 feet and then jump into a tree with it, right? Okay, if that's not bad enough, this picture is shot underwater. Yeah. Oh. Okay. It's like you're swimming along, living your life, <laughs> trying to, you know, like look at some fucking sea creatures and a fucking tiger, right? <laughs> or this amphibian, you know, like, sure, you know, it would have been nice to evolve with eyes in the back of your head, but this has got like eyes in your back of your butt. So it just seems unfair. And look at this guy, right? Right? Not really smiling. 
Right? It's like there's there's so many things that are beautiful and treacherous. That's kind of the, uh, you know, it's like, yes, there's harmony, but that means that there's, you know, it's a yin and yang, you know, there's abundance and scarcity. There's, you know, there's up and down, there's in and out. It's not all, you know, uh, the the beautiful uh, 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 fairy tale, right? So uh, that brings us to sustainability movement, mm. right? So which is also kind of a cautionary tale, right? That the there's so many things happening and we talked about earlier about like there's so many things competing for you know airspace there's so many things competing for your time and you know this cool thing and that cool thing and you know it's like that's the danger right it's like beware the greenwashers right there's so many things out there that are just like i can't i can't even believe it you know electric cars one of them okay we'll go you know we do a whole thing on batteries and you know just by the way, it takes in a tremendous amount of grid, right? Fossil fuels to make fucking batteries and battery powered shit. All right. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of ridiculous. And the impossible burger, it's, imp- it's impossible but for me to understand or believe that people fucking think that's cool. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like the most highly processed, you know, food like thing you could have. It's made out of, you know, fermented things that, you know, and it costs, you know, exorbitant amounts. Beware the greenwashers, right? And beware the eco-hipsters. I mean, this is the target market right here, right, of all that stuff, right? It's not the, you know, green isn't the new black. This isn't a fad. People, this is serious fucking shit here. You know, this is actually a, a photo from a story about a guy that was suing a magazine for using his likeness in a in a story about how all hipsters look the same. Right? <laughs> so, and then it turned out that the picture wasn't him. <laughs> yeah, you can't make this shit up. Okay, so oh, wow. you know, and then it's like the people like ego hipsters. You know who you are. It's like you you carry these things and you got these amulets and you do these you know little ceremonies and I, I God love you you know but you got to understand where all that's coming from you have to understand you know where you're standing and why and how right how you got there right the the you know using your privilege is one thing but like not even understanding how much of an appropriation, how much of an insult that is, is, is kind of another, uh, another thing, you know? And it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to just pick on eco hipsters, but it's like, it's an easy target, you know? Um, so the big thing, right? The really what, what, uh, what it troubles, it troubles me at, at times is, you know, how everybody, you know, it's the end of the world and, this means that and this and if that happens therefore it's the end of the world and you know it's like there's some big giant leaps in a lot of that reasoning and people on the air and politicians and you know on and on and on like you got to watch out for immigrants you got to watch out for others you know and and now you know people are turning on people and it's just like if you are making decisions 
based on fear, you are going to be the easiest to peg as prey. Okay. It's just like you need to be able to default to calmness, to default to, you know, some kind of self-reflection, some kind of uh, aware, uh, 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 you know, situational awareness that is it based more based in reality instead of, you know, I mean, like ever since man could put a sign on a stick, the world has been ending, you know, and it hasn't fucking ended, you know? So it's like, it's like, it's going to be a lot of hard work, but the future is abundant. You know, you, you got to keep a level head. You have to do something, right? You have to do something. Everybody wants to read the book on this or that. You have to write a chapter, right? You have to contribute a verse to the poem, to the beauty of the planet. It's your move, right? You need to do something, us as individuals, okay? I, I cannot stress enough, right, that the single most important thing for us to do is to learn how to do something, right? Learn how to do something. It's like, it's not just another shopping opportunity, right? How do we contribute to society, our society, our community? Pick a spot on the wheel of everything. Like all of those different categories as we went around the wheel, there's food, water, shelter, you know, legal. It's like there, there's not skills, that, there's no skills we can't use, right? Pick a spot, but learn how to do something, right? You should be able to, to be welcome everywhere. I want that for you. Right. Learn, learn skills that you can transfer the knowledge to somebody else. Right. You, you should, you know, scrape all your knuckles and learn how to cuss really loud in several different languages, you know, like lose a digit or lose an eye from like learning how to like lose an eye from a flying digit. Okay. That would be awesome. Like, but like get out there and do something and be something in the community. Like contribute something. I'll do this. I'll do that part. Okay, right? And believe that we can unfuck the world. All right. We started this whole thing like that. You, you, you gave away the ending. All right. You don't get points for doing the right thing. Do the right thing. Okay. And then uh, it's like above and beyond that that we will celebrate. Mm. Okay. It's like do epic shit anyway. Right. This pains me, right? That, you know, maybe we don't need the revolution, right? I mean, I wanted to die on Fury Road. I just think it would be awesome, you know, like a blaze of gunfire at least, you know. But, you know, maybe it's not going to be necessary that we can kind of skip the revolution or blend the understanding of what the revolution means and becomes and the solutions that lie in that revolution and just bring on a renaissance. You know, how about a renaissance of, of compassion and a renaissance of caring and a renaissance of love and a renaissance of creativity and a renaissance where kids wonder about things, right? It's like, let's embrace sustainability not because we fear the future. Let's embrace sustainability because we love the things we love about right now. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Oh, Happy man. to answer any questions, or <laughs> comments, or concerns. Larry, Larry, Larry. Well, you do Dude. deliver, don't you, sir? You do deliver. <laughs> 
thank you so much. That was inspiring, reminding me of why so much of what you said stuck with me and really changed my life. And I, I sit here and revel at like how many students have you taught and how many <laughs> students that lives have changed. And they started to do hard things. They started to make themselves more valuable. They started to get scraped knuckles. And I think about this all the time, Larry. I'm still picking up heavy things and putting them down. And putting them and, back down. And sometimes I'm like, God, why am I doing it? You know, like, why do I choose this life in part of hardship? And it's because yeah, of what yeah. you just said. You know, it's like, make yourself valuable. Contribute something. It's, you know, I think that, you, you know, success is not insured, but it's essential. Mm. You know, and that means hard work. That means really focusing on you know not just another shopping opportunity not just another instagram opportunity really contributing something to the health and well-being of our communities you know and, and our kids and our grandkids yeah yeah and everywhere that i've gone whether i'm renting or i now luckily own property i try to start in my own little permaculture first so i have a shangri-la ah, i yeah, have a yeah. place to like relax and sit in my hammock when I'm done working hard, you know, like, yeah, you, you gotta be careful. That, that leads to creativity. <laughs> you know, it's the, you know, the tranquility of, of, of harmony, the tranquility of, of satisfaction that leads to that. Okay. Well, good. I just don't want to fall back into mindless consumerism and I don't think I will, but let's take some, let's see what people have been commenting. A couple things. Can you see oh these Larry as these pop up? Uh, I don't, yes, I can draw a job on the gate. People love the, the gate. gate. Like, it's like, come on, man, that gate's amazing. Um, yeah, there's no off position on the genius switch. <laughs> there's a very specific one. Were you referring to so-and-so and so-and-so in Michigan? Says Aaron. Yeah. Carrot and Gaston. Yeah. Is that who you're talking about in Detroit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Aaron, yeah. you'll have to come to Detroit with us then maybe, eh? Yeah, I love them. Amazing. Super creative designers, yeah. Was um, design sketches? Yeah, your yeah. stuff is looking great. Bud thinks you were yeah, with him at some time. point. Aptos? I don't know what oh, Aptos yeah. is, Bud. Did it's you arrest Santa Bud? Cruz. Yeah, yeah. Probably. When did you stop? Uh, only because only because he deserved it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like you came to where I live. You know, you came to where I work. I didn't go to your house and fuck with you. You came to where <laughs> I work and started being a dick. So tell me, did did law enforcement lead you to permaculture, or do the were those ships passing? It's all this. Night? It's the same day. It's the same fucking thing. You know, like I was stupid enough. To, you know, and strong enough and dumb enough to, you know, to think I could help my community. You know, my, my father was a war hero and I, I, you know, I wanted to go to Vietnam. I said, I told you, I want to die on Fury Road. Right. You know, it's like, uh, but, you know, I, I'm a late boomer. Okay. So, uh, you know, the, the the draft stopped the year I turned 18. Mm. Right. So, so I wanted to help my community. Right. And I also... Uh, you know, I wanted to, you know, work on resource protection. So the, the best thing was to blend those and in, in being a park ranger, to be a park ranger in California, you had to go to, you know, fire academy and police academy and emergency mm -hmm. medical training. So, you know, a long circuitous route to come back to, to be a park ranger. Mm -hmm. And then it was, you know, law enforcement, I worked, you know, graveyard shifts for, you know, numbers of years, um, wearing a bulletproof vest and, you know, 
depriving depriving people of their liberty yet bringing peace and security to a world hungry for both there you go yeah uh, brilliant talk hilarious transformational i would agree um daniel halsey uh, if you're out there good to hear from you he says principles guide our strategy strategies bring us to the tactics and we need to then find our solutions so very good very good is right very good energy trail and suzanne hey suzanne if you're out there she says inspired definitely i feel the same are you a fan of fava beans what this is a very specific question, Larry. <laughs> walk the favas, walk the favas. Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like the winter corn. Yeah, yeah, favas are always a good yield, good, um, you know, excellent byproducts all the way around too. So yeah, people were loving that, Larry, and we'll get a bunch more comments as the time ticks on after this is over and people can rewatch it, etc. Cool. Um, what's your, do you have a hard out? Do you have to be done by three 30 my time? So 15 minutes or do you got to go now? No, I don't, I don't have to be, I, I don't, I can avoid a, a lot of things and I prefer it that way. Okay. Yeah, okay. Real I'm quick. Doc, since you've had this career in permaculture for the whole arc of permaculture's existence, what have you noticed in terms of, we talked earlier about demographics that was before the call though. So tell yeah. me a little bit about like permaculture demographics. Have you seen those change? And then also like the arc of popularity. Are you noticing an arc or a waning uh, in general popularity? Those, those are those are good. Those are good questions. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's like the same. It's like the same show, you know, but different players. You know, this the screen keeps moving, but everything is is kind of the same. Like new players are introduced to the to the information. But it, it's like because of new questions, right? Mm. The, there's the there's an incredible competition, right? There's a, a huge interest in sustainability, in regenerative stuff, which weren't terms back in the day, right? It's all kind of marketing strategies, right? Uh, you know, pe people calling it this or arguing this, and oh, it's not that, and regenerative is you know one step beyond. You know, it's like turning your amp up to 11, you know, it's one more, it's one louder, right? You know, but it, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's the same, you know, it's the same day, right? We're trying to get through the day doing the best that we can, right? But currently, there's a lot of competition for cool stuff, mm. right? People have, have, uh, 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 you know, taken a spot on the wheel, let's say, or, you know, and really made it sexy. You know, I, I you know, uh, Elaine Ingham, Dr. Elaine Ingham, who, you know, pretty much single handedly, you know, informed the world on the importance of soil biota. Right. And is sharing it with the world. And, you know, I don't I, I don't think her success it, it can, couldn't be, you know, measured without an increase of popularity through permaculture design. Right. And and, and same with soils. You know, there's a lot of organizations out there that focus specifically on soils. All great things, all great things. That's the, you know, it's like I, I I have learned, you know, and it's a, it's a change, a gradual change to applaud anything in the right direction, mm. right? So so I think that that's important these days, especially for me, you know, because I can get depressed about everything so easily. Right. You know, but it, it, now that, you know, uh, it's good that there's competition. It's good that there's other things that people c can be interested in because it all kind of circles around. 
And I never was interested in, you know, calling it permaculture or saying permaculture. As a matter of fact, you know, I think that that's, you know, one of the most brilliant things Bill Mollison did was try to try to tell people, and I took it to heart, is like, you know, it's like Fight Club, you know, just don't talk about permaculture. Mm-hmm. You know, people, you know, you should talk about your orphanage. You should talk about your, you know, your program. You should talk about your garden. You should talk about your services, you know, and then let people arrive at, you know, an interest in how you learned that or how are you so fucking smart, you know? Right. Oh, I studied permaculture. Okay, so now it's in context. Right. But if you just like are, excuse me, sir, if you heard the word of permaculture, you know, it's like people don't learn like that. People, you don't learn like that. And you look like a knucklehead and you don't, you know, you're not doing the rest of us any favors, you know, <laughs> leave people alone. And the demographic you mentioned earlier is predominantly women attend would, permaculture design courses. Is that I true? Would, I would think so. I mean, I taught with a lot of, you know, a lot of other people through the years. And, and I think that every class, you know, for 30 years have been, you know, more than half women of of all ages. Uh, and I, I think that there's a, a real concern. I, I think that the beautiful thing about that, I think, is that people have the opportunity and the understanding that intuition and imagination is something that is revered and inspiring and uh, encouraged in permaculture design. Mm. You know, if, if you can use your imagination with, with clarity, you know, with conviction, you know, if you can use your intuition, then you're going to, you're going to be able to problem solve pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Along those lines, we have a comment here. Symbiotic form says I'm working on, I work in making fashion manufacturing quote unquote better, but it feels like it's sort of, yeah, shoot the hostage. You know, it solves nothing. You know, it's like, move on, use the, the skill set that you've learned. You know, there's other people making fashion fashionable and, and, you know, some of this stuff is just, you know, we're talking about a, a product that it, it exists because of its frivolity, you know, like right. because it's new this year, right? But if, if we focus on basics, you know, I think that if I was in, in the fashion industry and I've always wanted to be actually, uh, but I think that I would focus then that, those efforts and maybe she, she could then focus on classics, you know, it's like, you know, non-reflective black, you know, looks good on everyone. <laughs> um, we might as well throw this in here. We'll do this at the end too. But what's uh, upcoming from the Permaculture Academy? I bet many people are enticed we, by this conversation. And uh, we have uh, our, I think, 25th permaculture design course in Los Angeles. I've been teaching permaculture design for 33 years or 30-something years. And 20-something of that have been in Los Angeles. So we've got a course coming up. Uh, we just finished a course in um, in uh, uh, regenerative garden design and, and application. And every once in a while, we'll do the swan song for the lawn thing, you know, where we'll take out somebody's lawn and replace it with a, a exact replica of a garden uh, before the end of the day. We also have like opposable thumb 101 courses, you know, basic, plumbing, basic carpentry, basic. It's like, I want people to learn stuff, you know, and think about, 
you know, if I learned this, I could transfer the skill set and, you know, build something cool. You yeah. Know? Apply that somewhere. Yeah. And it's, uh, how, do you have people come visit you or come to the, take the PDC from out of town or you're doing the yeah. weekend format now? Yeah, we do the uh, weekend format uh, and people come from all over, okay. you know, people, you, you know, they'll either, we'll do either a couch surfing thing in the class or people will, you know, people are hip to Airbnb and, you know, all that other shit that makes, uh, makes rental possible. increases in Los Angeles <laughs> for those of us less fortunate. But, and, um, you know, people come from all, from all over and it's it's one weekend a month. Uh, we added a month, so it's, it's now seven months. Okay. I just felt rushed and, you know, everything was compacted and I felt a little stressed and I don't need headaches. But in terms of doing PDC proper, like if we bring you back to Detroit or if other people want to bring you to their town, you'll do the intensive, yeah. that's the intensive classic. PDC. Yeah, we could do any, any of the above. I mean, for years, we, we, I worked with Toby and Scott and, you know, a, a couple other people now with uh, Andrew Faust in New York City, you know, and we just kind of, uh, you know, hopscotch and one person takes one weekend, another person takes another weekend, oh, cool. you know, so. There's always there's always a way to pull it off. What we need is a fixer in your town. Yeah, you know we've never canceled a class because we didn't have enough you know enough teachers. Right. You know there's you just we need somebody to to help organize, find venues, you know all of that stuff. You know for for a healthy cut of the of the idea. You know, but but yeah, I'm happy to do that. I'm trying to get something set up in, in New York City and um, possibly Denver. And uh, I'd love to do a series in Detroit. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, we'll work on making that happen. But, you know, if anybody's listening to this, bring Larry out at all costs because, you know, happy to the go quality there. of the yeah. teaching you get is, in my opinion, unparalleled. There's great teachers everywhere, of course. Don't get me wrong. But Larry's got, Larry's got the the jokes, which you don't always get everywhere else. And the, the cuss words, which, you know, we just appreciate so much, Larry. <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, there, there was like a five second delay on this broadcast. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. I've been yeah. beeping out all the cuss words for the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, um, All right. We'll, I would we'll edit I, all the bad shit out of there later. Yeah. Don't let your kids listen, please. Um, yeah. But yet, yeah, Larry, I really would love to talk about Bill Mollison just a little bit because he's like just this character that looms. Now, when I first like learned about permaculture it was directly through bill i found his videos i awesome. read his free pdfs or whatever and it was just something about his like narrative style was just absolutely captivating and then of course you right. hear about people who knew him and they're like yeah he was an sob and he was as hard of a prickly character as you could possibly get yeah. um but i'm not so much interested in aggrandizing a figure i'm more interested in like what he did like the man left however old he was australia to walk the earth to yeah. every major continent and teach people about growing ecology and holistic thinking. Like when right. you reflect back on that, like what are your thoughts on Bill, but also like what he did and what it meant? Well, I, I, I think to, to most of us then, we didn't know what it meant. We just knew that nobody was doing that for us, you know, and Bill was, uh, I want to say approachable, but I don't know if that's the right word. He was more like, like when I first heard him, right, uh, I, I, actually somebody told me about him. They heard him on the radio, oh, right? And they were talking about how there's an academic on the radio saying that they could design better than nature, 
And I thought, well, leave it to an academic to say something <laughs> like that, yeah, right? right? Uh, I mean, although uh, now that I'm an academic, teach you know, uh, uh, teach at the university, I say shit like that. <laughs> You're like, but, for um, sure. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought, yeah, oh, okay, no, you know. And then when I heard him, I realized that it, it was like, you know, putting things together, you know, in a way that nature allows things to be together and just increasing the diversity and, you know, in a, in a sense, we, the yield would be more, right? right? I mean, a garden, you just think about a garden. You, it's a contrived thing. It's not a natural thing. Right. You know, you, you are demanding, you know, biomass out of this little box or this little, you know, piece of ground. You know, it's not a natural thing. You know, you're, you are, you know, you're, you're harvesting the surplus and demanding more and harvesting and demanding more. So, you know, 50% of gardening is like, if you're doing it right, you're, it's like composting. Like, where am I going to get compost to replace all this, you know, right. these beautiful products, right? And I think that Bill Bill had a, had a sense of of what it took out of the world to to exchange information, right? It's like almost that people had to replace what they thought they knew, right, or what they what they believed to be true with a, a truth that was was more obvious than we were willing to 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 let on mm -hmm. right the the principles of nature and and um allowing nature to direct the land use plan and that you know instead of making something stronger let's maybe we let's make it lighter let's replace this after a storm comes instead of trying to build you know fortify something for a hundred year flood you know it's like you know there's techniques and technologies that people people have worked out, you know. And Bill was talking about that, and he was telling it in a story, mm. right? And you know, it's like I'm a storyteller, and you know, people talk about all these different learning styles, right? And what Bill was able to do was cut across and or at least reach every learning style because of storytelling. Mm. Right. And and I think that it resonated with people, mm. uh, you know, like you could say that you're, oh, I learn by doing I learn, you know, I, I, I have to listen to it or I have to see it or I have to you know, watch it or taste it or whatever. Right. But storytelling touches on all of those kind of, uh, you know, like all of those, uh, you know, just the way that your brain operates. You can you can make those connections. And Bill was brilliant at that. Yeah. Right? And, and he was. He, he knew enough to poke people, right? And that's what it was going to take, right? That we had to tread across the disciplines. The best thing that he ever did, or the best thing that happened to him was that when, he, when, when him and David came up with permaculture concepts, right, they, it, their arena was academia, right? So they introduced mm -hmm. it to academia, right. which was the best thing that could have happened because it got sliced and diced and analyzed and criticized. And, you know, so it went through a lot of filters right out of the gate. Mm. So it was almost bomb proof by the time it reached the world. Mm. And then the ready audience at the time was, you know, like hippies and, you know, other, uh, uh, you know, uh, Passive-aggressive passive aggressive types. You know? So, yeah. So then, you know, once the hippies took a hold of it, then it was about gardening and, you know, and building a mud hut. And then, 
you know, the eco villagers took over and then it was all about, you know, passive aggressive or, um, you know, not, uh, not passive aggressive, but nonviolent communication and, right. you know, like all of that stuff. So everybody's tried to co-opt it, you know, and I think that that continues today. And now, uh, or, or I think that it continued up until recently until, you know, it might be better to just abandon it and just talk about the, the good parts, you know. Mm. It's like, we, we you know, it, it's going to survive. It's not like it needs us. But, you know, I, I don't think we need to teach certificate courses, but it does cover the stuff that we want to do. You know, I've tried many times to, like, not do that. But it it, it it's a complete kind of, you know, a, a full circle kind of idea about what we need to learn and how we need to embrace the, the understanding of natural systems and apply it to population. Yes. And it's a, I would imagine you've seen this a million times, the ahas, the life changing, like, whoa, that That's just amazing. put everything into place for me. Whereas That's if amazing. you're piecemealing it through your own study or yeah, yeah. you don't get that. You it don't just, that. it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. It's not allowed to happen. It's like the, it's like the natural succession modeling. You know, you need a, a foundation and it needs to build and people, you know, that, you know, like, oh, I, I learned by doing, okay, well, I could show you how to stack straw bales and pin them and plaster them. And we could come up with all these different ideas of, of, you know, of plasters and this and that and that. But, you know, it's like you just walk away and you know how to build a building. Yeah. But the, the real important thing is knowing when and where that building goes in the land, in the broad landscape, right? That's the important thing. Yeah. Right. Is is having a connection to the landscape itself, when and where and how to use all these different uh, strategies. You know, people people, you know, talked about how permaculture was, you know, all these tools and all these techniques. And, you know, and Toby used to talk about that permaculture isn't those things. It's the toolbox. You know, it's the bag that we carry all of those techniques and technologies in. We 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 reach for something that's appropriate for where we are. Mm. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. it's like, you know, just put a swale in if you don't have runoff issues or, you know, you don't just put an herb spiral if you're not going to use it, you know. Don't you, though? Don't you just put herb spirals everywhere and swale yeah, everywhere? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do. Okay, a couple more. Maybe maybe just quick ones. Um, I, I was lucky enough to interview Rosemary Morrow recently, and she, of course, has done a lot of like uh, permaculture work in refugee camps yeah, throughout Vietnam, all the world. Vietnam, right? Vietnam and Afghanistan, I believe, as well as yeah. other places. And, and, and it made me think of you. Like, why? Like, what is it in the permaculture lineage or teachings, maybe from Bill or whatnot, yeah. that it emphasizes, like, hey, part of our work here, if you can do it, is work in refugee camps where I, people really, really need this sort of information? I think that that's it, that, that people really need it, mm. right? And that, that we don't spend a lot of time, you know, like right now, I, I was teaching at the university and you know, uh, God bless them, you know, 20, 20 years old, never done a fucking thing yet knows everything about everything and wants to argue about it. Right. It's like, and, you know, I'm sure I was not like that. <laughs> but, <Sure>. um, <laughs> but, you know, the, the idea is that when, when the, the project or the issue is greater than our egos, it's, it's easy to start adopting 
adopting functional uh, work. Yeah, you know, I remember being in in Port-au-Prince, um, and uh, you know there was the UN had tried to take over, right? But it was just chaotic because they brought with them the you know the bureaucracy of that, and you had to do all these things. Yet outside those walls, it didn't it didn't it didn't work like that, you know. Right. Uh, you know, and so we were just like, okay, well, let's let's go around the wheel and strengthen all the weakest links. You know, it's like, don't put any energy into this because we need this. We need this, you know, and we were up and running way before any UN, you know, uh, uh, relief workers. And, you know, and we were crossing the lines into the, you know, the red zones and you know, they, you know, the, these armed guards were like, oh, well, you can't go in there. They're unsanctioned. You know, it's like, well, are there any sanctioned areas? You know, it's like, there's no sanctioned areas. So what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, oh, well, it's unsafe. It's gang controlled and, you know, this and that. And it's like, I'm with these guys. It's like, uh, you know, uh, people from the community we're taking our courses, right? And it quickly changed into, you know, like, what can we do tomorrow, right? right? And like everything that we talked about in class was actually people would go home and do it that day, wow. right? It was like, you know, flood control and, you know, cholera was a big thing then. So we spent a lot of time doing, you know, redoing uh, uh, composting toilets that permaculture groups had done, mm. you know, like these humanure kind of, shit in a bucket, carry it around and pass it to somebody else to shit in and then pour it on the you know ground and splash it around. And, you know, way too much edge on that kind of a process, <laughs> right? It's like, and especially like cholera is not as, as cool as it sounds, right? And it, it's, you know, it's just like, you know, this is not a permaculture solution, right? A permaculture solution is, looking at the total set of circumstances and applying a technique and technology that, you know, works and ideally suited for that situation, right? So we did a lot of correcting and a lot of pilfering of materials and, you know, making, you know, sanitation zones. Yeah. And then, of course, communication was key in setting up, you know, uh, 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 you know, radio stuff and, you um, there was, you know, crystal radios were the easiest thing and then hooking them up to computers mm. and then finally getting internet access. And, you know, we were up and running weeks before anybody else, wow. just using protocols of permaculture design, not right. like we had some funding or actually it was very expensive. We all paid our way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think that just, you know, it lends itself to a certain, um, a certain success uh, and, and it's bothersome to see uh, the approach of other, 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 you know, people, yeah. other aid groups, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So would you, and would you encourage your students or people who've been teaching permaculture to seek out refugee sort of situations or just no. wait and be available if you're invited? So yeah. If, if you, if there, it's not, no, I don't think you should go. I, I mean, okay. I I think if you are compelled to go, right? If it's right. if it's it, you have an overwhelming amount of information and resources that are surplus to your needs, then you are obligated to go. Mm. But otherwise, you're going to be in the way, you know. And, and if you can't, if you don't love the grit, then you 
you shouldn't you shouldn't be there you know you have to you have to love a little bit of you know everything dipped in shit yeah i guess that's a version of picking up heavy things and putting them back down again yeah the grime of it all yeah yeah it's like you know like human you know there's just like human feces everywhere and there's nowhere to go and there's no clean water and it's dangerous and there's somebody trying to take your shit and yeah yeah not for the faint of heart not really but well, man, I could talk to you forever, but I want to preserve your energy and time. I know you got other <laughs> things to do. Um, maybe we can Thanks. make this a, a thing that we do yeah, once in yeah. a while. And I know, I don't know if you want to announce anything else coming up other than the PDC. Oh, in- the PDC. Um, and I dropped have, a link for that, by the way, in the okay, chat. So excellent. Excellent. That. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for that. And then uh, we're going to be starting a, a, a podcast. You know, I don't, I'm sure it will solve nothing, but, you know, a, a late late boomer kind of uh, attempt at uh, podcasting and just ranting and talking about things about stuff. <laughs> How soon uh, is that to, to develop? Uh, in the next month or so. And cool. then, um, yeah, so we'll have, uh, we'll have that, the design course and um, probably some eBooks and new websites. So cool. Yeah. Are you still doing art um, like jewelry design and things like that? Uh, yeah, I've got, uh, your ring there, yeah. Flow form, uh, kind of jewelry, uh, carved spoons. Um, it was it was a big, um, it was a strategy for sobriety. Oh, uh, I carved hundreds of spoons and um, made hundreds of you know dozens of rings and. Good strategy. It was a good strategy. Nice, very good. And people sober. can purchase that and like support you that way. With yeah, jewelry. yeah, and we've got you know t-shirts and you know like. Uh, food security looks like kind of a security guard thing. And, you know, the, the, uh, permaculture Academy logo, which is, you know, one of the best logos I've ever done, by the way, it's pretty awesome. infinity, infinity globe thing. Yeah. New My world. favorite shirt was the permaculture or die t-shirts, but oh I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll start, we'll start having those again too. Yeah. You got to bring those back. Uh, yeah. Where can I find the podcast when it's out? Asked Alicia. I don't, oh. I don't know, but I, I'll, I'll tell Jesse on how to find it. Maybe he can announce it. So yeah, for sure. Um, would be happy it, 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 I'm not a hard man to track. <laughs> yeah, it'll be out there. It'll be great. I'll be one of your biggest fans, Larry. I look forward to it. All and Larry, right, thank you. I appreciate your time so much. I Absolutely. appreciate you so much. Thank Good. You. Like, I don't know if you take compliments well, but listen, man, you've been doing this work like on behalf of Earth Care and Peace and a conservation society for 30 years. Like, I could only hope to achieve what a, a small margin of what you've achieved. And I just want to like give you kudos, man. Thank you so much for keeping Thank at you. it, not Thank giving you. up, not selling out, none of that stuff. You've just kept at it in the real pure spirit of permaculture. And I, I love it. And I know many other people do. So thank you. All right. Thank you. Back Big gratitude. You All right. I hope to see you soon. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks everybody Ciao. for coming. We'll talk later.